When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you have twins in the NICU, one of the biggest questions is, when can I take them home? And then once you have an idea of when you can take one or both of them, the next question is, how will we make that transition from a highly equipped facility that is staffed 24-7 by an expert team of nurses to our home that is staffed by often overwhelmed parents? How should we set up the nursery? Should we try to keep them on the same schedule as in the NICU? Do we need any special equipment? This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android, iTunes, and Windows Marketplace. And before we get started, let's introduce our panelists. So I'm going to start with um, our panelists on the phone today. Julie, can you share a little bit about your family and um, maybe a little bit about your NICU experience? I'm Julie Kremerai. I'm 49, about to cross a milestone really soon. And um, I'm a CTA. I have twin girls who are now six years old. And uh, let's see, and Susie. Um, hi there, I'm Susie Goodwin. I am 34 years old. I'm a provider relations liaison for the Silver Sneakers Fitness Program. I have four children, one boy, Kristen, and uh, just almost three months ago had triplets, two boys, Gideon and Gabriel, and a girl, Charlotte. Wow. I know, lots of, lots of kids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let's see, and uh, I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald, and I've got... Um, my girls, my twin girls are identicals and they're just turned six years old. One of them spent just a few hours in the NICU. So I, I don't think I can, you know, really uh, make any claim to having experience <laughs> there. Um, and then I do have a singleton um, who just turned three years old. And oh my gosh, I think she's the one. She runs the show. <laughs> uh, and I'm Sunny. I'm producing today's show. And uh, I have four kiddos of my own. Uh, a five-year-old boy, three-year-old boy, and I have identical girls who are turning two next week, and they were 35-weekers. Um, in my mind, I was just like, got to get to 35, got to get to 35. I think I tricked my body into naturally going into labor because I was 35 weeks and two days um, when one of my babies broke her water <laughs> and I went into labor. Um, but uh, they didn't need NICU experience at all. They didn't They didn't need it, and we were able to go home within a few days, so thankfully. Oh, Awesome. 
And so I think you're going to tell us a little bit about getting involved yes, with the show. Yes. yes. So we love hearing from our listeners. And uh, we have these segments that we want you guys to participate in because we love to hear just your funny stories of raising twins and the cool things your twinnies are doing. And so uh, there's a couple that I wanted to mention. Um, we have a segment called Special Twin Moments. So as you guys know, as twin parents, sometimes your kids just do these awesome things, you know, that you just want to remember forever. And we want to hear about those. So we've heard some cute stories of, you know, twins cuddling together. We've actually, a lot of people have submitted photos, which is great because I love looking at them, but I can't really show them to you guys because this is an audio podcast. Um, So we want to hear, we want to hear these actual, you know, great stories um, that um, you've experienced with your twins. Um, There's another segment called Twin Oops. So we all make mistakes when it comes to raising twins and stuff. And sometimes those mistakes are pretty darn funny and uh, definitely would help if other uh, twin parents heard it and just knew that, you know, we're all, we're all parents. We all make mistakes and it's all good kind of thing. Um, we have a bunch more segments, and, and you can check it out on our website at newmommymedia.com. Just go over to the Twin Talk section. But if you want to submit for any of our segments, again, through our website, go to the contact link, and you can kind of type it out there. If you actually want to share your story yourself, as opposed to like me or Christine reading it, um, you can call our voicemail, and that number is 619-866-4775. Um, and it'll go straight to voicemail. Just leave your message, and we'll include it in an upcoming episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Twin Talks. So before we start today's episode featuring NICU parents and their tips for transitioning their babies to living at home, we're going to chat with our friends at Owlet because they've created the Owlet Smart Sock. And I had a chance to check this out firsthand recently at the ABC Kids Expo, and I really think it can help NICU parents ensure their babies are safe once they come home. So Kurt Workman is the CEO, and he's joining us today. Hi, Kurt, and welcome to Twin Talks. Hi, Sunny. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to talk about the product. Yes. Okay, so you guys have created a monitor that fits inside a baby booty. So I want everyone to kind of have a visual on this. So how exactly does the outlet work? That's right. We have. It's it's almost as simple as that. You put the little baby booty on at night. Um, it slips around the foot and then Velcros around the heel so that it doesn't fall off. It's comfortable. It uses organic cotton. The monitor itself inside of the baby booty actually tracks the baby's heart rate and oxygen levels and sends all that information to mom and dad's smartphone um, and can actually alert them uh, if the heart rate or oxygen is too high or too low. Okay, so we're focused on oxygen and heart rate. Those are the vital signs that parents can monitor then from their smartphones? That's correct, yeah. So it's, it's really kind of uh, in correlation to breathing, right? So this is it's designed to alert parents if baby stops breathing at night. Okay. And even though we are trying to get parents to look at these vital signs, to be aware of what their baby's vital signs should be, the other goal is just to let parents kind of take a step back and relax, not always staring at vital signs, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not an obsessive product. In fact, over time, parents kind of 
put the app away and they just trust that they'll get a notification, they'll get an alert if something's wrong. And so that's why we've developed this little unit called the base station that goes on mom and dad's nightstand. Um, it glows based on status of baby. So when everything's good, that base station will glow green. If there's a problem, it flashes red and sounds an alarm. So what we see is that over time, parents realize like, hey, this actually works and I don't have to be hovering over the app. So um, the data, we're not a, a data obsessed uh, company and we're really about adding reassurance and peace of mind and kind of removing that worry from the home so mom can, mom and dad can be in the moment with their child. I have to ask, how did the product come about? Was this something that you had some personal experience with or someone within the company? That's a great question. So about two and a half years ago, so my, my son's two years old now, about two and a half years ago, we were expecting our, our son Ashton, um, and my wife has congenital heart defects, so she's had multiple heart surgeries. When she came home from the hospital, um, they didn't diagnose it, and so they ended up rushing her back to the hospital, and she had heart surgery that day. Um, that's a story that just really stuck in our mind. And with our kids, um, with with our son, we've got another one on the way. It's due in February, um, and so. With, with her, we've also been doing all these fetal heart echoes to make sure that the heart is healthy because that can be hereditary. And so, um, you know, we're doing these fetal heart, heart echoes. And as, as you know, a, a future dad, I'm really concerned that something could happen. So I was, had that kind of heightened awareness. At the same time, we're helping my aunt with her premature twins and, mm. um, you know, have all of our nieces and nephews. So we're just very much thinking about this. When my friend Tanner came to me and he said, hey, I have this idea for this technology called pulse oximetry. It's just a little light and it can monitor heart rate and oxygen levels, right? And I just became fascinated with the idea that maybe we can make this technology appropriate for the home and, and give parents access to that technology in a way that's reassuring and, and also very informative. Um, because I knew it was something that I would want. My experiences along with all these emails from, from parents that were just um, really begging for, for some sort of prototype of, of this concept. And so we decided to just dive into it. We you know, quit our jobs. We, we didn't take a salary for the first year and we, uh, we've been working on it for two and a half years now and, and, uh, and just kind of dedicate our lives to being able to, to bring this into the home, which we think will increase health and safety for the home. So, mm. Well, Kurt, we really appreciate you creating this product. And I, I know it's not easy to do, especially when you have a young family. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts there, but it was important enough for you to get it out there to the public. I'm sure I'm not the only person. There's a lot of families out there that thank you for working on this technology and making it available for parents. So um, thanks so much for, for doing that. And, and we want to let all of our listeners know that Outlet is offering free shipping within the continental United States through the end of 2015. So And that's when you purchase on their website, which is Outlet care.com. We're going to go ahead and link to them directly on our website. You can just head on over to newmommymedia.com and click on the deals section. So Kurt, again, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks so much, Sunny. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We 
are here today continuing our series Inside the NICU, and we're talking with our expert parents who are sharing their tips on the practicalities of bringing home twins from the NICU. So thanks for joining us, uh, Susie and Julie. Give us some perspective. Um, you know, want to hear about what your experience was, you know, with the NICU. How long were your babies in the NICU? So let's see, um, I guess, Susie, we'll, we'll start with you. Okay, so my babies were 30-weekers. Um, and my boys stayed in the NICU for 59 days. I'm laughing as I tell you this because I thought, oh, you know, I'll estimate it. I'll say months or weeks. You definitely count down <laughs> every single day. Um, so anyhow, 59 days. And then um, I had to leave my little girl in the NICU for an extra week. And so she clocked 66 days. Wow. So about a week after your boy. So, <laughs> so. Yes. Yes, and it was really hard to, um, I wasn't necessarily um, expecting to feel that kind of disappointment and sadness. I was so excited about taking the boys home, and then, you know, it, it kind of hit me, oh my gosh, I have to leave her. Wow, oh, oh that's, that's hard, and we're going to talk about that, uh, the, uh, having to have maybe one in and, and some at home, so Julie, how about you, um, tell me about your girls, how long were they in the NICU? Okay, my girls were born at 30 weeks and zero days. So Skylar was 2 pounds and 15 ounces. She was in NICU for exactly seven weeks, which was 49 days. And Kennedy being uh, 1 pound, 15 ounces, she stayed in NICU for 75 days, wow. which is oh. two days short of 11 weeks. And uh, this actually brought up all kinds of emotion during that time. Oh, my gosh. It was very hard. Very, very hard. Now, you know, I have to say, as I listen to, to both of you talk about, I mean, how many days where it's just like, it sounds like every day you're very, very cognizant of how much time and literally just, you know, counting down. And now I'm wondering, you know, when they were born or at any point during their stay, did you feel like you had a clear idea of what to expect in terms of their stay or... or um, I mean, were there changes? You know, what, what was that like, I don't know, Julie? To be honest with you, when I was pregnant early on, I was reading one of those books and, you know, one of those guidebooks about what to expect in the pregnancy and how to raise children and all that. And I was 43 years old. And I was reading this one part where it said, uh, people or uh, women around my age would only have 8% chance of getting pregnant and 4% chance to live birth. And I immediately closed the book and I did not read anything anymore, <laughs> which is kind of a opposite from my personality who likes to do research on everything. So the point is I was pretty clueless of what to expect in terms of being pregnant, giving birth, and I certainly knew absolutely nothing about NICU. And I think in a way, it's, it was good because not knowing so much, I just followed the lead of the nurses and the doctors instead of questioning them, you know, in everything that they do, whether they were doing the best of my babies. But uh, in one word, I was clueless. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I guess you're saying in some ways not having a whole lot of expectation was probably a, a good thing because then you weren't, you know, disappointed by maybe not meeting some, you know, book guidelines or, you know, that were out there. Susie, how about you? I mean, did you have any kind of 
set expectations going into it all or? <laughs> Julie, I wish I could be more like you. Um, I, to me, knowledge is comforting. So when you're in that scary situation, one of the first things that I asked the doctors and the neonatologist was, okay, they're 30 weekers. When do they get to go home? And depending on who you speak to, you get a different answer. So some folks said, you know, hey, it's going to be your singleton due date, give or take a couple of weeks. Probably the best answer I got was try not to have an arbitrary date on the calendar because your baby is in the driver's seat. He or she is going to, to tell us when they're ready to go home. And that was something that I could wrap my head around. I did know what, you know, I did have expectations, though, going into the NICU because I asked other parents, you know, I knew I would have creamy babies or triplets, and I asked a lot of other parents. So I knew the terminology. I knew about the bells and from the monitors, kind of what the environment would be like. I'll tell you one thing that I was not prepared for, and this was my bad for, I spoke with a lot of singleton parents. I wish I would have spoken with more twin or triplet moms. Um, and that's simply because I wasn't prepared to have a really, really good day, right, with one baby, and then I'd walk over to the other baby, and it was a really, really bad day. So something that I learned in that, you know, couple of months was if there was a good report, good report meaning, you know, it didn't need to mean they jumped turtles, just that they were all stable and doing well. If there was a good report on all three, I really celebrated that. Wow. You know, you know, you bring an, an excellent point is just, you know, we talk about twins when they're older and we have these ideas that they should all be the same. And um, I think that, you know, you're, you're pointing out that even when they're in the NICU, I mean, their their health and their development is going to be different. And so we have to, you know, keep that mindset that they are individuals and have different expectations, if any, <laughs> for, for each of them. Um, now, I'm wondering, um, you know, for, for each of you, I mean, did you receive any kind of, you know, training or instructions from um, the, the NICU team about, you know, what to expect when you, you know, were able to take them home? And um, I, I think, you know, you mentioned you connected with, with parents. Did, did you get any, you know, tips and, trips, t- tips and tricks from other parents as well? Um, I don't know, Susie? So specific to that transition home, of course, every NICU is different, but our NICU actually offered an opportunity to room in with the babies the night before they were going home. And essentially what that means is they're still connected to all of their monitors. You're just in a hospital room with those babies or baby, um, and you're getting to do their care for them. So, you know, all of the feeding Um, you know, changing their diaper, putting them down to rest, that kind of thing. And that was very comforting to me. It was almost a dress rehearsal or a trial run, so to speak. I mentioned earlier that my first discharge was both boys at once. Um, So having been the parent of a singleton two years prior to this, that was definitely when I knew for the first time um, that more than one baby was a totally different ball game. Uh, My, one of my sons, you know, we had been joking for weeks that he's so laid back, he's so chill. And then I learned in that overnight room in, no, he's not so laid back and chill. (laughs) He just thinks his nights are his days. And that was the first time that we figured that out. And then when I compared notes with the night nurses versus the day nurses, they said, oh, he's not laid back at all. He's a party animal. Um, (laughs) But again, I had that dress rehearsal to learn that before I got them home. Wow. Now, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting. Idea. Yeah. So that yeah. you really, you know, get that perspective that you maybe have not had before to see 
the nighttime since you mm-hmm. hadn't really spent time with them at night before. And I mean, was that similar to your experience, Julie, as well? I mean, what kind of a sort of a ready to go instructions did you get? Well, I think it was not just a ready to go because I was um, learning from the beginning, which uh, premature babies don't know how to quote unquote suck, swallow, and breathe all at the same time, which is something that an average baby would know. So the first thing I learned is to how to bottle feed the premature babies. I have to learn how to hold the premature baby, which is having her to lay along one of my arms. And with the other hand holding the bottle and with the rag around her neck, so, you know, they didn't know how to suck, swallow, and breathe at the same time. So constantly the milk was still out of their mouth. So I have to learn how to hold a bottle and grab the rag at the same time to uh, dry their mouth. And the next thing I learned is something they call DSAT, which is short for desaturation. Premature babies, for some reason, I don't know why, they just hold their breath Hmm. until they lose oxygen and they could actually die from it. And in that case, we had to learn how to stimulate them, rub their body, you know, just to get them to wake up. Otherwise, they go into a coma. Oh, my gosh. And we have to learn to look for the signs on their faces. And then when it turns blue, oh. and this is when you have to start stimulate them. That just sounds really scary. Yeah. So it, it's, not, it, it's a whole journey. Wow. So it sounds like you, you had to really be able to watch and observe and look at different signs for their health and be aware of a lot of nuances that maybe, let's just say parents um, who their babies didn't spend time in the NICU, we wouldn't even be thinking about. Now, I'm wondering on the home front, when you were able to take them home, did you have any um, assistance in the caregivers? And, and, you know, I'm assuming you probably had to teach, if you did, teach them as well what to look for. Um, Julie, how about you? Uh, I did not have any assistance initially, except for my husband. Um, We took turn a lot of times in in the beginning. Eventually, when we did hire a part-time nanny, she went through the whole training of how to take care of premature babies. Wow. No, I mean, that is a real specialty niche. And and Susie, how about you? I mean, I, I got to think just, just triplets alone requires some assistance. Um, <laughs> how did you do it? Yes. Well, it's funny. Like, it's, it's the present tense. I mean, we're living this transition. We've only had all three home for about three weeks now. Um, we've had grants. So the same people that were visiting the NICU are the same people that are giving us uh, an extra hand here at home. So the great thing about that is um, the nurses were able to teach us a lot in that NICU environment, and then that's transferred here. One of the best pieces of advice that that we got in the NICU, um, and when I say we, I mean collectively, the grandparents, my husband, myself, is don't pay so much attention to the monitors. To Julie's point earlier about, you know, knowing when your baby turns blue, hey, that's no good for their breathing. You've got to know what that looks like. Um, And I know for myself, at least, early on in that NICU stay, I was very, very focused on the numbers on the monitors. And I really had to consciously look away from that and really um, get familiar with the cues that my babies were giving me. And that made me a lot more confident to bring them home. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
So you know what? Now we're going to take a break, um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about managing that transition with the kids at home and in the NICU because I know you've got um, an older one. So we'll be right back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For one hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. Welcome back. Today we're talking with our panelists about bringing home your twins from the NICU. So um, I think, Susie, we know in your case that um, you had two uh, of your triplets who came home, one in the NICU, and then you had an older one at home. So I'm just imagining, how how did you manage all of that? Oh, it's a circus. So (laughs) my son is two years old, and he wasn't allowed to visit the NICU during those two months that the baby stayed there because um, our NICU, at least, he had to be five or above. So we would read him books about being a big brother. We would say his brother's and sister's name um, during bedtime prayers and supper prayers. But, I mean, outside of that, he really did not know his life was going to change. And then, of course, we bring these two babies home. Um, And then a week later, we bring another baby home. He's not happy. And (laughs) if one more person tells me to let him be a helper and hand me a diaper, I think I'm going to scream because (laughs) that's cute in theory, but um, it doesn't make him like the babies anymore. Um, And he's just, you know, I think he's doing what a a two-year-old does. He's regressing a little bit. He's getting upset when he walks in to the baby area and he sees they're still here. We're doing our best, of course, to give him attention. Um, we actually did get him a doll. So when our hands are full, because right, there's just my husband and I, and if we're lucky, we've got help for the day. Well, <laughs> that's man to man because we've got three babies. And so Christian has his own baby doll that Aww. he can burp or feed with a bottle. Um, and that actually is, is going well so mo- so far, much more so than letting him hand me baby wipes, which, I don't know, it seemed to frustrate him more. And that's everybody's token advice. Let him hand you a diaper. Oh, yeah. No, and you know, and I think that, that's a lot of responsibility to put on a two-year-old right. to say, oh, you're going to be the big brother. Oh, you're going to help out. It's like, what? <laughs> I got these, you know, yeah. babies. Especially when he space. doesn't want them there right now. You know, oh, yeah, let me help you help them. That's what I want to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so and I and I think now so and Julian in your case um you know your girls were, came home at the same time so uh, it sounds like thankfully you didn't have to worry I mean it's just going home and to the NICU and back and forth was enough in of itself um so you didn't have to worry about the multiple kids just having kids at the NICU is enough <laughs> to, yeah, right. to handle once you got your babies home. Um, or or that that time period when you knew okay we got the go ahead, um, you know how did you set up your home? I mean, did you have any specific instructions from um, the NICU staff in terms of you know you know what sort of layout you should have at home? I mean, how about let's say let's look at you know a different 
areas at home, like let's say for the nursery, um, did they have any specific recommendations um, for, you know, sleeping arrangements, um, whether they should be in your room or in their own nursery or, you know, like, you know, should they be in a regular crib or bassinet? I mean, how did that work? Um, uh, Julie, how about for you? Um, what I did, which I highly recommend to uh, any parents who have multiple kids, was we, in the back of our house was the the kitchen and the family room and the nook area all connected in one big room. And pretty much that's where I set up shop The because, you know, I was keeping the same feeding schedule as a NICU for the babies so that they didn't feel any difference as far as that went. So they, I set up their bed in the nook area, the dresser for all their clothes, and um, the family room is where they play, and the kitchen is where the food was. So you kept everything all together. So rather than putting them in a bedroom of their own off in the another corner of the house, it sounds like you centralized everything to keep them close to you where you needed to be. Yes, and it, it was actually to make it easier for me. <laughs> and at night, I pretty much slept on the couch. So I was only a few feet away from them if, ever, if they needed anything. Again, it's, I didn't have a whole lot of help, you know, so that was the best situation for me. Eventually, I did get some help just so that I could get some sleep. But regardless, I just felt like that was the best setup. And if I was to have to do it over again, and thank goodness I will not have to, <laughs> that's what I would do. Right, right. Now, how about Susie? How about for you? And, of course, you got three of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Great minds think alike because, similar to Julie, we have set up shop in a central living area. For us, it's our, our dining room. So or what used to be our dining room <laughs> is now a baby area. So we've got um, bassinets. Our babies have pretty bad reflux, as most preemies do, so they're sleeping right now in rock and place. You know, I asked the neonatologist specifically, oh, am I wetting the bed on this, like letting them sleep in the rock and place? And they told me early on, basically, I couldn't train them to sleep either way. So I could have the best of intentions for sleep training, but it's not going to do me any good. And similarly, it's not necessarily going to make them never sleep in the crib. Again, keep in mind, my babies are just a couple of months old. So eventually we will transition them to bassinets. But right now we're really just adhering to that NICU feeding schedule and making sure that they get their good rest, which just happens to be in those rock and plays that are at an incline and a lot um, just easier on their bellies as they're digesting their food. Right, right. And then how about for you? I mean, in your you're sleeping, I mean, it sounds like I know Julia said she wanted to be close by the baby. So do, do you actually get to sleep in your own bed? Or are you also out in the common <laughs> area? <laughs> so we do shifts here. <laughs> Usually, so we've had a grandparent with us um, sleeping in our guest bedroom. Gosh, I mean, pretty much, well, um, pretty much since the babies were born, but especially now that they've been home. So with three babies, we find it's easier rather than dividing and conquering. We find it's easiest for two people to feed babies. Um, and so, um, so, and I'm not nursing, I'm pumping instead. Mm -hmm. um, so it's great because everybody can bottle feed the baby, right? Um, so two of us, basically we do, a sh you get one shift off per night because they're still feeding every, every three hours. And one person just takes the couch 
after that shift. So I'm sleeping on a combination of my bed, and then when and when it's my shift, I sleep on the couch. <laughs> That's like a well-oiled machine you've got going on, though, Susie. That's really smart. That's organized and like you know, you mean business. <laughs> well, and you know, and and I've been asked, well, what happens when a grandparent comes home? Um, and to that I say, and I have done. Um, then I start calling in all these favors when people said, tell me how I can help. You can spend the night and take a shift. Yes. So I'm imagining you probably have a chart somewhere with, you know, <laughs> their time slots and where they're going to be sleeping. Right. <laughs> we actually do have a chart. We have a clipboard with each baby's name at the top, when they last ate and how much they ate because we have already mixed the baby's up at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, they all look alike when they're swaddled up at night with hats on and in the dark, right? Wow. Yeah. Keeping them. That's that's true. I, I myself did get my girls mixed up one time. Just that one time. And I and did she, too. Yes. So it's a normal thing. And I can imagine when you've got three, it's even harder <laughs> to do that. Well, what's great about that chart too, though, is if someone wants to help at any time during the day, they can walk over to that clipboard and look and see who ate last, how much they ate, and they can jump into our schedule with us. So I guess we kind of set it up selfishly so we could have some help as well. Wow, now that, that makes but productively sense. Yeah. too. Yeah, smart, smart. <laughs> last thing, talking about sort of uh, sleeping, um, did you guys try to maintain the same schedule um, as in the NICU in terms of, you know, sleeping and, and feeding, or, or did, it, did it change very much? Um, how about Julie? When we just brought them home, we follow the every three-hour schedule, just like the NICU. I didn't change anything. And part of that was it was the only thing that I knew. And then once they reached the three, four months of gestational age, not birth age, gestational age, which is counting from the time that they were supposed to be born, not the time that they were born, they, uh, I started to wean them overnight. Then I just, I would do the same NICU schedule during the day, but by nine o'clock I cut it off and I just let them wake up when they wake up overnight. And then I was hoping that over time, the, each period of their sleep would be longer and longer and that's what happened and then eventually they slept overnight. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was thinking, Susie, I mean, you're kind of in the midst of it all. So <laughs> are you are you are. pretty much just going by the NICU schedule? Yes. I think I would be a big dummy if I didn't, because one of the hardest things to do, right, is to get a baby on any set schedule. And so our babies, in terms of feeds in the NICU, um, so it was one at the top of the hour, one at the half hour, and then one at the top of the hour again. Um, and that's what we've maintained here. They're about three hours, four hours apart between feeds. Um, but we have, gosh, we're still in the order that they were <laughs> in the NICU. Um, there have been times that we've woken a baby up to feed them. And in the back of my head, I think, oh, you dummy, why would you wake a sleeping baby? But um, I wake the sleeping baby because they're on that set schedule. And if I let that baby sleep, until whenever they feel like getting up, especially right now, that means I'm always feeding a baby, like all the time. Uh, because when we've got two people on our shift, it probably takes us, 
yikes, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half to get through the feedings. And when they're feeding every three hours, you see how that could get really messy if you just let the baby take the reins. Wow. And plus you're pumping. So <laughs> that just, that's yeah. a, a huge time uh, consideration in of itself. So <laughs> my, my hat is off to you. <laughs> All right. Well, I want, I want to say thank you to both of you for joining us today. And um, for everyone, be sure to visit our episode page on our website for more information about our series, Inside the NICU, as well as links to additional resources. Now, this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, we'll talk about creative ideas for NICU caregivers. Um, so for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Twin Talks, it's time for our special segment on the show we like to call Special Twin Moments. And this moment comes from Jillian, and Jillian posted this to the Multiples of America Facebook page. We were actually on there recently, and we were asking for you guys to submit your Special Twin Moments. So here's what Jillian had to say. The first time my son laughed, a big, deep belly laugh, was when he was about three months old and laying on the bed with his twin. They were holding hands and babbling to one another, and he grabbed his brother by the hand, looked into his eyes, and let out the sweetest, funniest laugh I've ever heard. In that instant, I realized how strong their bond was, and it is still today at six years old. I will always remember that moment as the sweetest in my life. Oh, I love this. I can just picture all this happening. So Jillian, thank you so much for writing this in. It was great to hear about your special twin moment. If you guys have a special twin moment you want to share with all of our listeners, you can call our voicemail at 619-866-4775 and leave us a message and we'll include your story on a future episode. So that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents. Our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. And our newest show, Newbies, for postpartum mom through the baby's first year. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.